0: then what I'm saying is we can simply be avoiding unnecessary taxation. Hello and welcome to the Durham Talents channel where we are digging up buried talents with the infinite banking concept as described and conceived in R. Nelson Nash's book, Becoming Your Own Banker. My name is Jesse Durham and today we will be discussing the infinite banking concept, graduation, and the death benefit. Now, when I use the term graduation, what I'm referring to is someone's passing. I like to view that as it's been taught to me as a graduation uh, from this course into the next course. So, let's start by discussing whole life insurance done right, meaning a properly structured policy with a mutual company that pays a dividend. So, a whole life policy What it is and does is a permanent entity, a permanent contract wherein we would pay premiums to the mutual life insurance company to offset risk in exchange for a death benefit, which would ultimately be a tax-free transfer of wealth to our heirs or beneficiaries. Now, on its surface, I would just like to simply point out that whole life insurance done right is, in my way, perhaps the most loving thing that can be done to prepare for one's graduation both because of the planning and the thinking that can lead up to that which I believe is in line with how Nash encouraged us to think and act generationally. So not just the policy and the death benefit itself but the thinking that can lead up to one deciding to provide a death benefit. And we'll get to the living benefits here uh, momentarily which is for sure the crux of Becoming Your Own Banker, The Infinite Banking Concept, and yet the tool, the entity that we use is this properly structured whole life policy. And I am saying that accounting for one's need of a death benefit, whether that is to replace income, buy out a partner's share in a business, provide for legacy, whatever you know, ones estate would like to be set up as, uh, to pay off outstanding debt. So there are many, many reasons to simply have a policy for the policy's sake, to have a death benefit, to be able to provide and offset the risk of whatever our financial footprint happens to look like or will look like in the future. Again, I don't think that we should pass over the concept of whole life insurance being permanent. I know that there are plenty of financial entertainers and gurus out there that promote the idea of buy term and invest the difference or something close to that. And what I would like to point out is that you don't know when you will graduate. I don't know when you will graduate or when I will. That's beyond me. That's not my concern. I like to think that I'm doing my part now to make the most of my days and, and live well. But I don't know and you don't know. And what kind of price can we put on the guarantee of knowing that we have permanent coverage for our loved ones for, or for our beneficiaries You know, whether that's individuals or an organization, whomever it is that we care about and are interested in, what can we do to provide there while knowing that we have permanent coverage? It's a beautiful thing. I don't think that we should overlook the value of permanent. And I know that it's even touted. So here I am, I'm, (laughs) I'm diverging a little bit into talking about term and whole, but Follow me in this train of thought. We don't know when we're going to graduate. I don't know. You don't know. Nobody knows. Um, So how we could arrive at an arbitrary number of 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, I don't know. So I know even that it's commonly touted that you could get term insurance for a fraction of what's paid for whole insurance. I've heard the number five times. Okay, assuming that were true, which it may be and it may not be, a policy is going to be structured, a whole life policy, the way we do and the way that Nash promoted for a high cash value, it may be and it may not be five times what you would pay as an individual Uh, for term insurance, but they are two completely different products. Again, let me reemphasize the value of owning permanent life insurance. It's called whole life insurance because it gives you that coverage, that protection for your whole life. That's not to be understated, not by me. It's very, very valuable to me. Now, in regards to the the five times you'd pay five times for a whole instead of term, what kind of value would you put on that? Could you pin that down to a dollar? For example, one of my conversations this week with a potential client that's currently in our process to become a client, we were discussing her transition from employment in one location, still in the same industry, still in the same field, but to another where her insurance from the former employer was not going to accompany her, it was not going to transfer or go with her. So we began to have an opportunity to discuss the value of permanent whole life insurance that you own and that you control. And this was a, a, a lady with three children, fairly well-grown, all of them grown, but but newly so, so just starting out in lives, and we talked about cars and different things that was already in her plans with her children, so I love the intergenerational thinking that's there, and again, we got to talk about the value of private ownership of your policy and what you would be able to use it for all the way up to us making sure to get an equivalent or more in death benefit in the new policy that she will be applying for from the one that she had with her former employer. Whereas, again, now it would be privately owned by her. It would be in alignment with the amount of death benefit that she did, because that is important. There are many, many living benefits. That's really the focus of practicing becoming your own banker is accounting for our need for finance. But how we do that is being able to borrow against cash values that are a net representation today of a future death benefit. So they're all related together with each other. So yes, we wanted to immediately provide for her need of a death benefit to be able to pay off any debts that there may have been, to be able to take into consideration the legacy that she wished to leave to her her three children and many other things that was part of her financial footprint. So the permanence, the private ownership, there's so many characteristics that are very, very valuable in owning a whole life policy that's been properly structured for the banking purpose. Because what you'll find ultimately is if we will account for our need of a death benefit, whatever that may be in an individual case, when you get your policy enforced, when you're underwritten for whatever level you're underwritten for, if you will make the appropriate decisions on that policy, that number is not static. It can grow. For example, you can elect, and what I most commonly promote for sure, because Nash did, is that we use our dividends because these are dividend-paying policies, to buy more paid-up additional insurance. So, for example, right off the top of my head, I I don't know the numbers, but I remember that the premium that I paid for one of mine and my wife's policies this past year took place over the course of the year, and we received a report recently of what the dividend was projected to be, and the amount that the dividend was projected to be, and the corresponding amount of additional death benefit that it would buy, was a growth between those numbers of over 5x, over five times the amount that the dividend was bought us in additional paid up insurance. Now again, recognizing that inflation is a reality that we all must confront unless we want to be an ostrich with our head in the sand, then growing, appreciating dollars into the future by applying a current dividend into that paid up additional insurance is a beautiful thing because if the death benefit goes up, then the cash value of the policy inherently must go up as well. Now, when I discuss death benefit, because I know that there are many out there who just shudder at the very thought of having a conversation about a loved one's or let alone their own graduation. It's not something that we really gravitate towards, but I would say that it's better to have those kinds of conversations now while there is no exigent circumstance around us than while we're actually in that moment. Preparation planning forethought again everything that Nelson embodied by saying that we should be thinking long range that we should be thinking and acting intergenerationally it's just so important and an analogy that I like to use a lot of times I think it relates well because Nash was a forester by trade for so many years um, is thinking of a tree and pl- the idea of planting a tree today I, and my wife enjoy several trees that we've planted on property here that we have in North Carolina. Trees that we've planted, oh, let's say up to around 13 years ago, and now we've literally been able to see our own boys climbing in the the fastest growing of those trees, certain mulberry trees, climbing those trees, eating berries out of those trees. They're prolific. They're fast-growing, but these other trees There are many that have grown much, much slower. So the idea of planting a tree, not knowing if you personally will be able to enjoy the shade or the fruit of that tree. That's just a beautiful concept. The the idea of thinking of others, planning for others. I don't know if there's a more loving thing, whether that's planting a tree or whether that's getting a policy for yourself. Yes, so that you can use it in the here and now for your need for finance and practice the infinite banking concept to the fullest, but with that long range mentality of setting up intergenerational planning and thinking. And one thing that should be said about, and you'll notice this if if when you get your first policy, if you're vetting this idea and, and you're still in the process or you're in the process of becoming a client, when When we get to talking about death benefit and an amount, one point that I like to make is how buying net worth is more easily done than building net worth. I mean, if we just took, for example, half of a million dollars of a death benefit, for example, what would it take us to be able to build that particular amount today versus paying a premium where in you know the the first day as soon as that policy is in force you are guaranteed that death benefit tax-free also. So the idea of being able to buy your way to a certain amount of network, and if you strategically build out a system of policies, like Nash encouraged us to think of this as building, it's not just one policy he said he was talking about, a system. Instead, you can systematically be buying a greater and a greater net worth, which it's beautiful because of the scale of being able to use the cash values uh, today can grow your capital, obviously, but with all the guarantees of of growth and eventually that culminating in a death benefit, which is a tax-free transfer of wealth. It's just a beautiful way to be able to improve your net worth by buying it instead of just building. I'm not. I'm not trying to discourage anybody from building their net worth. Keep doing whatever it is that you're already doing. But what you will see is that, and Nash said that as well, it's like be in the business of whatever it is you're doing. If you're an employee at a job uh, or you're pursuing a career, you run a small business or a big business or you're a professional investor, it doesn't matter what it is that you're doing. Be in the second business of financing that. But ultimately, as we look long range and we see how a policy or a system of policies begins to account for our need for finance in our entire financial footprint, we will systematically buy more net worth into the future for ourselves while building our net worth with whatever it is that we do professionally or full time. Now, indulge me to read a couple of references, some that are in Nash's book when he was talking about these subjects and some that I've contributed myself Proverbs 13:22 a good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children and then Proverbs 27 verse 23 and 24 be thou diligent to know the state of thy flocks and look well to thy herds for riches are not forever and doth the crown endure to every generation? I like how that ends with a question. Nelson also would many times answer a question with a question. He would say that that is biblical. And here we see these these questions. They're good questions and good points. I love here. And again, I, I personally enjoy referencing Scripture to see how that can connect with things in life in general, because that's a lens that I use as scripture for what I do, how I lead my life. But Nash was open enough to be able to share certain scriptures as well that obviously impacted him when addressing particular subjects and practicing the infinite Becking concept, and, and I love that. So, these verses from Proverbs leaving an inheritance to your children's children. I think that's very, very relevant with this particular discussion on death benefit and thinking long range. Looking well to the state of your flocks, your herds. For the riches are not forever. We've, we've seen plenty of examples where someone does well with money and then the future generation, whether it's from a lack of education practice, involvement, who knows, but it's just not the case that it always goes from generation to generation, the crown or the riches, so I love the infinite banking concept for what it can do for me, but also the opportunity that it allows me and my wife to be able to instruct our two sons and our daughters. Our oldest, he's already at the point, our two sons, actually both of them, uh, of saying becoming your own banker and, and talking at their level about the subject is terribly interesting. So I think those are great scriptures to be able to consider. They're right in alignment with what Nash teaches and instructs in his book to think long-range, to act and plan intergenerationally. And let me ask a question right here. Brainstorm, mastermind this thought out with me. What if you had a policy or a system of policies where the death benefit would pass tax-free to your heirs or your beneficiaries? What if then... And I'm not even even discussing the actual practice of the infinite banking concept. But what if future generations simply adopted the idea of paying high premiums into high cash value whole life policies with mutual companies that pay a dividend? I'm just talking about taking a death benefit and paying future premiums in future policies. What does that look like? Well, the death benefit passes to beneficiaries tax-free. Premiums in a policy in and of themselves are, are not taxed because you're buying a product, you're buying a policy, you're offsetting risk. But again, if that were done with properly structured whole life policies that pay a dividend with mutual companies, then those future generations would also have access to cash values, the capital of the policy, cash values in those policies during their lifetime. And yes, they could and hopefully will practice the infinite banking concept as well to not be beholden to anyone else and to be able to maintain control and not pay interest to third parties, etc. Everything that's involved with becoming your own banker. But yet again, that would ultimately end with, More death benefits going to more premiums, more policies, and from generation to generation that could just grow and scale just on that simple principle of using death benefits to pay future policy premiums and then doing that again and again and again. And again, let me point out that I believe it's the education, the understanding, the practice, the application of everything in Nash's book and in those scriptures that we reference. That is what will make that possible so that the ball's not dropped so that the crown does pass successfully to the next generation. I know that for myself, I strive to be better in every way that I possibly can, While respecting and acknowledging everything that was done before me, I truly believe that you know, I'm standing on the shoulders of giants. I am reaping in fields wherein I have not sown in so many different areas. This great, free, beautiful country that we live in. My darling wife, my children, so many different things. And yet, I want it to be even better for my children. I'm sure you feel the same way. Now, let me encourage everyone of every age. To reconsider page 71 and page 72 in Becoming Your Own Banker by our Nelson Nash, where he discusses an even distribution of age classes. He lays out a couple of simple visuals and some great, elegant illustrations for us to consider the role that we all have, the 20-year-old, the 40-year-old, the 60-year-old, the 80-year-old, that everyone has while thinking and planning and acting intergenerationally, how we can feed on each other, build on each other, grow and scale on each other, how we can do this together to become more connected, in my opinion, more productive, to be sure, and more independent. More autonomous and who who doesn't want to be able to have more autonomy, more independence and in what it is that you're doing, which is the whole idea behind becoming your own banker. So I hope this conversation has been helpful to you. It's been an absolute pleasure for me to be able to have a discussion about how you could implement the infinite banking concept into your house your business, your investing, you can reach me at 828 817 4223, or you can email durhamtalents at gmail.com. This has been an absolute pleasure for me. I look forward to our next conversation. Have a great day. Take care. My check. Whoa. Man, don't you just hate it when you lose your train of thought?